Welcome to episode number 12 of the Unleashed Academy podcast. My name is Dylan Taylor, and in today's podcast, we'll be talking about being an implementation expert. Joining me today is Reese Roberts from CloudSolve. Welcome, Reese. Hi. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your company, CloudSolve? So I've been running CloudSolve now for a couple of years. I had run another business prior to that, and CloudSolve really grew out of that prior business. We, my, my background is putting in systems in larger organizations, and I brought that into the SME market, working with Unleashed, uh, working with Zero, in fact, and then also Unleashed and Vend and a bunch of other, other add-on partners. So you guys have a bit of history in the cloud, um, and then that just sort of grew as you partnered with these different systems. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I find that so many of those small businesses, they get great advice on things like accounting and accounting structure and tax advice from their tax accountant, but they don't get very much in terms of of best practice uh, systems advice. So in terms of moving from maybe a legacy system to a system that can fit better their business and support what they need, they're really not getting getting that level of advice. Yeah, so they know the... I guess the justifications, but not the how-tos and yeah, why. Correct. Yeah. And also sometimes they don't just don't know what's out there. They don't know what, what they can do. You know, they're doing they're running the business the same way they've run it for the last ten or twenty years, and they don't know what what can be done that's that's better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's great for to go in and talk to those guys and, and, and we work with so many fantastic businesses, uh, people who've maybe come out of corporate with a really good skill set in uh, you know, in marketing or in HR or engineering or whatever it might be, but they've got these big gaps in their knowledge and it's great to go and work with those guys and really see the, the, the change it makes to their business. It can really be, you know, transformational. It can just change their business completely. I can imagine just it's awesome. been, yeah, quite fulfilling um, as well, you know. You know, you can get a lot out of helping people. I know I certainly do get that, that sort of thing when, when you show someone something that completely blows their mind and then they're just like, wow, you've just eliminated seven steps in my process. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge buzz, isn't it? And, yeah. and it kind of sounds weird. People just take this assumption that, oh, you know, it's accounting, it must just be numbers and boring. But actually, you go and talk to these people and it just, it fundamentally changes the way they run the business. Mm. And we did a client recently whose uh, husband and wife team ran the business and the wife was literally going home, getting the kids fed and getting to bed and then working from like seven or eight o'clock until midnight every night to try to get their books up to date. And that has just completely gone because we put in Unleashed, we put in Zero, we automated the entire process. And when the guys in the warehouse finish picking the stock and press the button to say complete, that's it. The transactions are in their accounting system and it has just changed the way her business runs yeah. and, cha- and changed her life. I mean, that sounds a bit grandiose, yeah. but it has changed her life. No, yeah. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty cool outcome from a day's work. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, ignorance, ignorance is bliss but only for so long. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so how did you get to where you are? So did you did you go to university or did you learn as you go? What's uh, what, what what about that side of things? Yeah, okay, uh, great question. Uh, look, I, I, I started off um, as, uh, as an accounting graduate in the UK and I, I did a, a qualification called SEMA, Chartered Institute of Management Accountants. So the whole focus of SEMA is working in, in a business rather than doing sort of tax or compliance or whatever. Um, and since then, it's really just been, um, you know, life experience. I've sort of worked in that sector. I found it interesting. Uh, I found I was, I was pretty good at it. And um, we've built solutions for clients. Um, and it's evolved over time. And, and I think the other thing that's been, um, uh, I've done, I think I've done well, is spotting where the market was going, understand, or actually picking up on the significance of zero when it first came out. And then, you know, identifying what other applications clients would need, such as Unleashed, obviously. Um, so it's it's been that sort of um, that journey of, of reaching a point where you you know you, you know the right solutions for the right clients. 
Nice. And sounds like you backed the right horse. I think at the so. same time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Why don't you tell us a bit about your role as an implementation partner and your Unleashed journey? How long have you been working with Unleashed? How did you come across Unleashed? And what made you decide to be, become an implementation partner? Yeah, if I go right back to 2010, when I first became aware of Zero. in fact, probably even a couple of years before that, I was at an MYB event and they were talking about, uh, about um, having a, a right to distribute NetSuite. And this was a cloud product. And I thought, what's cloud? And started doing some research. And by the time Xero came uh, onto the market in Australia, which was, I think, 2010, um, I was already sort of looking for that solution and uh, started working with Zero right from the day they, they came out in Australia. But at the time, and in fact, even now, obviously, Xero is, you know, specializes in being this really great accounting tool. Um, and it's got a basic inventory, but as we know, it's very basic. It's got a, you know, a few other basic features built in. I mean, what it does in terms of accounting is fantastic. It's really well. Um, but they've had from day one the open API philosophy as part of their business. So you've got, you know, whether it's unleashed for inventory or, or vend for point of sale or, you know, whatever other, you know, sort of job management systems and so on. They've always had that philosophy of partnering with other software developers. And it was really obvious to me right back in 2010 that Zero, if you were going to use it on its own, was designed for small business. So you needed then, if, if you were working with clients that were just slightly larger, you needed to have a stock control system or a point of sale system or whatever it was the business required, uh, depending on the, you know, the type of business you were working with. Um, and so we started looking for partners to, to work with, uh, such as Unleashed, um, back in about 2010, 2011. And one of the things I was really keen on was identifying businesses I thought were around for the long haul. I didn't want to be recommending to clients applications that didn't make the grade and didn't you know um, thrive and, and and prosper over time to me recommending a client uh, to use a piece of software and that piece of software ceases to exist or, or or even if it continues to exist it just doesn't you know move forward in terms of its functionality that's a really really bad outcome I mean, it's bad for the client it's bad for me um, so we were really keen to do our due diligence to figure out which systems were going to have longevity and to recommend those solutions to our clients uh, yeah, credibility is everything in, in, in the software or service sector as well. So, so you've been with Unleashed since twenty ten. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. So, how did how did that start out? Um, what did it look like all those all those moons ago? Oh wow, um, a much smaller product. I mean, we and a much smaller team. I think you guys were still working out of Massey Uni as a startup at the time, and I, I walk around your new premises now, and it's just amazing how much you've grown. It's just fantastic, and you know, testimony to all the hard work that's gone into the product um, from from lots of people. Um, but it, it was, um, you know, there, there were fewer competitors around. There, there weren't, you know, as many of the other inventory management systems around. All right. So, yeah, credibility, yeah, I guess is, is, is the thing to take away from that. You don't want to get involved with anyone that's here today, gone tomorrow sort of yeah. thing. So. And, and I think it's really important, you know, um, for clients, you know, for a client to put a huge amount of time and, uh, and, and investment in their business in the, in the applications they work with. They build their entire business process around the solutions they buy. And, and you really want those solutions uh, to be solutions that will constantly improve um, and that will allow the client to improve and grow their business. So occasionally we'll see clients who want to write their own in-house app. And, you know, one in a hundred gets it right. The vast majority will write something and five years later you go and talk to them and they're still using it and it's rubbish because it was what they thought they wanted five years ago. Their business has changed, but no one's developing that app. There's, the only person who changes it is them. If they want to, to enhance that solution, they have to go out and get somebody to, to write it, you know, those enhancements themselves. If they're running something like Unleashed, uh, you know, they walk into work the next day and the product has got better. 
you know, you guys have done development and there's a new feature they've been thinking, you know, gee, I wish it did X. And suddenly, lo and behold, it does X, you know. So all those new features come along. Um, we've got clients right now who are hanging out for certain features. I know they're in the pipeline. They will, they will be in the product within, you know, a few months or later this year or, or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's, I guess it's one of the things you've got to weigh up as well. Is whenever, whenever you're looking at a, a solution like Unleashed, you know, people are going, oh, cost. But, you know, you've got to think about all the, all the steps that, that led to that cost as well. There's the future development, there's the, the training, the resources, the support team, you know. All of those steps along the way are just built into that one subscription, so you yep. don't have to do that. Yep. On, uh, for and I, I think, you know, it, it is absolutely understand if you're running a small business and, you know, you're trying to build a future for yourself and for your family, you're trying to, to, to run a business profitably, it is absolutely imperative to, to control cost. But it is also imperative to be controlling cost in the right way. Uh, if you can go out and spend an extra, you know, 100 bucks a month or two or 300 bucks a month, or whatever it is, that might sound like a lot of money if it does, does, doesn't deliver value. If it doesn't deliver value, it's a huge amount of money. Um, but, you know, there are so many of the systems we work with that, yeah, the client spends 300 bucks a month, and meanwhile they save $5,000 a month on direct labor. You know, they can produce. There are clients we've worked with who have literally taken tens of thousands of dollars out of their entire business um, in exchange for a relatively small software subscription. So it can fundamentally change the way people run their business. Mm. It, it frees up time, it lets them focus on growth. It's just, you know, a whole list of benefits. Yeah, I guess return on investment is not just the monetary value anymore. Yeah, correct. So in your time partnering with Unleashed, how has the client portfolio changed? Do you find that more clients are using or have a need for a solution like Unleashed now, as opposed to, you know, 2010? I think more clients are doing different things. I think that, I mean, the clients that we work with um, generally come along because they need, need an inventory solution. And so that, you know, sort of by definition means that we're, the clients we're seeing uh, have that inventory need. Um, but where they're changing most, most uh, critically is far lower tolerance for having to key data to multiple systems. So 10 years ago, five years ago, whatever, people would happily um, you know, run a CRM and a e-commerce platform, uh, an inventory system, and run them as discrete systems and have to rekey from one to the other. Um, these days, people are much more, uh, much more focused on getting a total solution. So, if they've got a CRM, they want to integrate into their into their uh, inventory system. If they're selling online, they absolutely need that to be integrated directly into their inventory system. It all has to be integrated into their accounting system, and so on. So. There's much more focus on people getting things that um, that really add value to the business and reduce their underlying costs. So we're looking at um, you know streamlining component solutions to deliver one result as opposed to you know multiple entry, and I suppose that eliminates some of the human error as well when you're keying an order from one system to another. It's like uh, Chinese data entry. Sometimes yeah. you add an extra zero or something like that. And, and I think, you know, if, you, if you're doing uh, lots of repetitive data entry, you know, you can never improve on a good integration. The best you're going to do is um, eliminate most mistakes, but you're still going to make some down again. You can mm. never actually improve on a system that will just integrate that data automatically real time. Once you're doing that, you can focus on delivering value to your customer. And so yeah. the customer then is getting a better outcome, uh, quite apart from reducing your cost internally. You also get stickier clients. They want to work with you. They, they get the right product delivered every time. They get it on time. You know, if they place an order and you're out of stock of one item, you can tell them when they're making that first phone call. Yep, haven't got that item in, we'll have it in next week. So you can you can manage clients' expectations and deliver what they want. 
uh, that's a that's a huge turnaround to um, having to spend your time firefighting with pilots. Yeah, absolutely. Trust the ones and zeros. Um, in your experience, how long does it take to help your clients implement Unleash from start to finish? Do you have like an average that you work off? Uh, you've, that's a hard one to answer. How yes, long is a piece of string, really? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> there are averages, but there's also uh, you know minimums and maximums. Mm. Uh, so. We've done them in as few as four days. We had a client okay. one time came to us on a Tuesday, and by Friday afternoon he was he was up and running live. Um, that's a pretty remarkable turnaround. Most frequently, it would take uh, maybe a month, uh, and that's usually not the 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 extra time is not on our side; it's the client's side. Mm-hmm. So they have to get the data together. Mm-hmm. They've got to be able to provide us a list of, of stock and of of uh, who are their customers, and who are their suppliers, and load all that information um, into Unleashed. Uh, they've also got to learn the system. So the day they go live, they need to know how to use it. And whilst they're doing those two things, whilst they're getting it out together and learning the system, they're also trying to run a business. So you know they can't dedicate themselves 100% of time to actually you know getting live on Unleashed. They've got to keep on keep their business running in the in the interim. Um, we've had clients take maybe a month or two. A month or two is the average. If you, you know if you came to me tomorrow saying, hey, I've got a, a business and I want to get live on, on Unleashed, the answer is you know once two months would be about the norm. Yeah, but it, it, it as as you said in the in the um, introduction there, it varies widely. Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess it really comes back to the state of the data that you're working with, the state of the business. You know how much, how committed they are to, you know, making a change. All that sort of thing factors into the variable that is how long will it take to get Correct. up and running. Um, so, cloud-based applications can be tricky to sell, especially since it's an intangible software. How do you convince your clients on something they can't see? Like, has Unleashed helped that with a free trial? Or what's, what's your take on that? Um, I think most of the clients we have coming to us um, have got a really burning need. They've either got stock they can't control, um, maybe they're manufacturing with sort of food or beverage products and they're worried about uh, you know, the exposure to them of not having batch tracking uh, or use by dates. Um, perhaps they, um, they, they're selling on multiple platforms and they're constantly worried about selling product when they actually run out of stock and they're disappointing clients. So you know, they're already coming to us with a need. Um, the, the issue of it being in the cloud versus, uh, versus having software installed locally, for me, is actually much less of an issue now than it was five years ago. This is almost the analogy of you know, my mum going and buying an airline ticket online. Ten years ago, she wouldn't, def- wouldn't have done that in a, in a fit. Now, my mum is quite happy buying airline tickets online. So it, may, it makes sense, you know, and I guess the, the biggest, uh, well, the hardest thing to sell is the fear of change. No one likes change. Yeah, again, a lot of clients who come to us have already actually, they've already recognised what they're doing is not right. What they're doing today doesn't work. They know they need to make some changes. Um, often staff within the organisations are more frightened of change. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to then work with the, you know, the guy in the warehouse or the internal salesperson or whoever to bring them along on that journey to, to show them how the, the, the system you want to put in for them will you know, sort of make their life easier, give them the information they need, um, and, it's, and it's not going kind to of, um, you know, sort of be a damage or, or be harmful to them. Mm. I guess you've got to play the benefits, essentially. Quite often what I'll do when speaking to a client is... Why are we having this conversation? Very quickly, you get an yeah. understanding of what they need, yeah. what they're trying to achieve, what the pain points are, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I guess it's just about ticking more more boxes um, than you can't, as as I guess, which also makes it hard to sell at the same time. Yeah. Because if you, if you can't do one little thing, that seems like a little thing to you, it could be everything to them as well. So 
Yeah, I suppose that's where you've got an advantage when you've got a few uh, other systems up your sleeve. Huh? Well, this one can't do it. This one, I know, can do it in partnership with this one. Yeah, but I think that that's a really good comment is um, is identifying the thing that the, the product won't do. Uh, and you know, there's there's always something that the system won't do. Even if you want to go and spend you know millions of dollars and put in SAP or Oracle or whatever, you will still find there is something in the application that you want to do that it won't. There's some peculiarity, some some uniqueness to your business that the software won't support. So you've got to figure out how how much of a compromise that is. Can you work around it? Can you live without it? Um, and so whatever solution you're looking for, it's about finding a, a trade-off between the, the best value and the minimum amount of, of manual workarounds or minimum, minimum amount of things that you have to go, yep, doesn't do that, but I want to live with it. That, mm. that, that's something I can, can put up with. Like a list of must-haves and nice-to-haves. Must-haves and nice-to-haves, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, perfect. So some businesses are wary of using cloud-based software because they don't think their data is safe. What security features and support should businesses look out for when selecting a SaaS tool? Um, I love this question. Uh, I love this question when I get it from a client because I would usually get it from clients who've got um, a PC on the desk with their backup sitting in, a, in the top drawer of the same desk. Uh, and you know from having been there before that the bathroom window doesn't lock properly. And, <laughs> and you just know they've got no security on their existing data. And you think, gee, you know, Amazon Web Services, Microsoft, Google, they know more about data retention than, than I ever will or any of these other small businesses work ever will. Um, I think that cloud data is, in most instances, and with a couple of provisos, vastly safer than anything that anybody running any small business could ever hope for. You know, you've got all that um, data in, in a dedicated uh, data storage facility. You've got 24-7, uh, you know, sort of uh, surveillance. Uh, surveillance. Uh, you've got you know sort of um, uh, both physical surveillance and you've got all, all sort of uh, firewalls and all the other security um, provisions they put in there. But the the one really important thing for anybody looking at uh, at a cloud solution is uh, is vendor viability. You know if you're if you're buying a software solution and it's in the cloud, you need to know that the the company who are selling that software to you are, are viable. If it, I, I think that the risk of um, of the software being hacked or stolen, and I'll talk about in just a second about some of the, the, the measures you can put to prevent that happening. Um, but if the, if, the, if the person who's selling the software goes out of business, you potentially have a very significant problem. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the, one of the uh, questions you asked me earlier was you know, who we work with and, and how we select the partners we work with. We've only worked with partners that we think are around for the long haul. So we work with Zero, we work with Unleashed, we work with a number of others, but there are quite a few small uh, startup software vendors that we're not partnering with, because I don't know if they'll be around. I mean, not for a moment saying they won't be, but they might not be. Um, in terms of security of data in the cloud, I love some of the sort of you know, two-factor authentication mm. and automatic logouts and the bank-level security that Unleashed, Zero, and many others put in place. Um, I, I, it, we have 100% of our data is currently in the cloud. Uh, and I have absolutely no doubt that it's far safer in the cloud than it would be on any physical device I could put in my office. It comes back to that whole credibility thing as well, doesn't it? You know, right from the get-go, making sure that your your sources are credible, who you work with is credible. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. and I guess it's safe to assume that if they've been around for a while, they use credible sources as well. They've got the experience, they know what to look for. As you say, you look for um, solutions that are going to be around in ten years' time, yeah. for example, sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah having that that credibility would would definitely help with the uh, relaxation of the security side of things. Um, 
moving on from that, building trust with the clients has always been important, but especially so these days when data security is a concern. How do you build and maintain trust with your clients? Well, I mean, obviously, you've got the credibility side of things, but what else? You know, would it, whether it be site visit or, you know, a phone call at, you know, 11 o'clock at night just to say, I'm looking at it, or... I think building, uh, obviously building trust with clients is really important um, and I'm sometimes amazed uh, by how much trust clients put in us. Last year I, I engaged a new tax accountant and the moment I actually gave that tax account access to my zero data, I felt slightly apprehensive. I trusted her implicitly, but it was a sense of, of inviting someone into my private information and, and it made, really made me reflect on the extent to which clients extend that trust to us. They, they, they send us their data, um, they invite us into their, into their zero file, they invite us into their Analyst file, they, they give us all the information about their business, and that is frankly humbling. It's, uh, I, I, I feel um, that the clients show us the most incredible level of trust. So we work really hard, A, to build that trust in the first place, and B, to ensure we never ever breach it. Um, uh, I'm a CPA. Um, if I ever breach clients' trust, uh, CPA would um, would not be at all happy with me. I would be face all sorts of sanctions. Um, we offer every client uh, a confidentiality agreement, um, but to me, that's really just a piece of paper. It's much more about the ethics you bring with it in terms of when you have that first conversation with the client, of being absolutely upfront um, and, and open with them and honest with them in terms of. Even we were talking a few minutes ago about identifying the wrong solution for a client. Mm. You're building trust right at the very beginning when they say, I need feature X, and you don't say to them, yes, 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 that's fine, or do that. You're absolutely honest right at that first point and saying, actually, the software doesn't offer that feature. Mm. So you're being honest in terms of you know, admitting where the problem, where, what problems you can solve and what you can't, and not trying to... Um, you're not trying to gloss over things with them. You're being absolutely open, and that, to me, is critical. Mm, yeah, I guess saying no has a lot more of a, uh, a resonation with someone than saying yes or telling them what they want to hear. So that's a, that's a very good point you make. Okay, so working with cloud-based software, what have you found are the advantages and disadvantages of cloud-based apps? Um, I remember when I first came across cloud and, and people were talking about, you know, sort of um, anywhere, any device and, uh, and, and various other features. Um, and the one that got talked about in terms of, of corporates, in terms of larger organizations, was collaboration. And that didn't seem as relevant to small business because small businesses, you know, they've got their entire team together. And then I realized the extent to which small business has to collaborate real time with people outside the business. Their bookkeeper, their accountant, their IT person, whoever, are all outside the business. And traditionally the model has been bookkeeper turn up, you know, once a month or once every three months, accountant come on site once a year. And suddenly with cloud, to me, the biggest benefit of all, apart from all the sort of, you know, connectivity and, and uh, all the value adds, it's about collaboration. It's about the fact that somebody running a small business has got this, you know, usually um, one often quite narrow skill set. And suddenly they can just go and buy in little tiny bits of time, half hour a, a, a week from a, from a bookkeeper or, you know, uh, a day a month from their accountant or whatever it might be, whatever that uh, unit of time is, they can buy that in in real time and collaborate with other people outside the business. To me, it's just the most awesome benefit. We, yeah. we use it ourselves. We, we, we bring in HR people and marketing people, some of whom live you know, the other side of the country from us. And we, we buy in their services and we're doing that real time. And in the cloud, it's just such a great facilitator for that, uh, that type of service. Okay. And, and what would you say would be some of the disadvantages, if there are any? 
Um, Don't say Lake of Internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2018. <laughs> Uh, to, to be honest, I don't, I don't see many disadvantages of being in the cloud. I, I know I'm looking at this from somebody who works in the cloud, so you know it's, it's sort of, it's not something I'm looking for. But I really, um, you know, the, the, there are there are obvious privacy uh, considerations around things like you know what Facebook are going through right now, and that's obviously a concern. Um, so there are absolutely issues that you need to be really careful about how your data is stored and, and where it's used and, and so on. Um, but in terms of running a business day to day, the, the benefits of being in the cloud to me vastly outweigh the benefits of, of not being. Yeah, no, that's fair. Have you got any predictions for the future of uh, cloud-based software? Any trends that you've noticed? Have you got your crystal ball? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I think what we're seeing right now is a real transformation in the way that small business operates for for. My entire working life, there's been people saying, you know, um, about the, the benefits of software, and in so many cases, new software meant a different way of doing things, not a better way of doing things. Uh, what we're seeing right now with with cloud, with Zero Unleashed, and, and many others, is a, a radical change in the way that for small business uh, you can run your business. Um, with with larger organisations, they've been used to be able to go and spend, you know, many millions of dollars to actually build in efficient software. Small business hasn't had that. They've just had what's off the shelf, and uh, sometimes it delivers benefits. Sometimes it just, you know, moves the pain point somewhere else in the organisation. When I look at the, the likes of Zero and Unleashed and the way they integrate, and they integrate all the way through from you know, running the business right through in the integration with tax accountants, the way the tax account um, relates with the tax office. To me, that's a huge benefit. There's a, I can see that that sort of um, seamlessness um, extending considerably. I think that the, the sorts of features right now that are available for large organizations are rapidly moving down the, the sort of the, the size of organization. Um, so large companies can get you know XYZ product uh, in, implemented and, and integrated. That, that sort of benefit is coming down to being available for medium businesses and small businesses. It's a bit like um, you know, electronic seat belts in cars or ABS braking in cars uh, it used to be only available in Mercs and now it's available in, in, a, in a sort of entry level model. We're seeing, we're seeing great features that, are, that were only formally available for businesses turning over $100 million a year and now they're available for much smaller businesses. So we're going to see people playing the same game with the same tools? It's, it's a mass, massive leveling of the playing yeah. field. Yes. Yeah. You can run a small business, you can compete head to head with a much larger, larger organisation. It's interesting you say that because I had a client in Australia tell me that with a solution like Unleashed and Zero, he can have the appearance of a medium to large business, but they don't actually know that it's just him going around in a van. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Could be one of my clients, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so knowing what you know about the cloud marketplace, what advice would you give your clients from five years ago? Uh, do it sooner, not later. I've never, ever had anyone come to me Put a system in and say, John, I'm glad I put this in, but I should have held off for a year or two. I've had people pretty much every week, somebody will say to me, oh God, I wish I'd done this five years ago or three years ago or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So if you, if you think it's the right solution, do it. It'll, it. You won't regret it. Don't get hung up on hindsight. Um, okay, looking back at your partnership with Unleashed, what have you learned from us? Apart from the fact that we're awesome. Where do I start, guys? <laughs> Look, I, I love the way that Unleashed have focused on what they do and do it well. I think that to me that's really important. Um, you know, you haven't tried to um, 
extend the product out to start adding in all sorts of features that are outside what you see as your core skill set. You've focused on that, done it well, and, and partnered with other people. Um, and we try to do exactly the same thing. We've, I've actually, I have to take that on board all the time because you know, every other referral we get, there'll be a client saying, I want product, you know, I want solution A, B, and C. And you go, tick, 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 we can do those. And I want solution D. And you go, oh, should I go and grab that bit of revenue? Should I go and do that extra bit of service? And actually, if you don't do it well, don't do it at all. Mm. Go and find someone else and partner with them. So we, we do lots and lots of partnering with um, you know, people who on the surface look like competitors, people who are, who are out there just like we are as cloud integrators. We'll go and talk to them and say, guys, we've got this lead, they need X, we can do that, but they also need Y, can you help? So we partner with people all the time. And I, that's something I've definitely taken from you guys, that you, you focus on what you do and do it well, and, and don't, don't get distracted. Yeah, I suppose if it doesn't make the cut, don't put it on the plate. Now, something a bit off topic. What's the best meal you've ever had? Best meal? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, this is a weird one. I, I once sat in a, uh, in a bus interchange in Malaysia uh, with a tin roof in an absolutely pouring tropical downstorm and had the most gorgeous, simple, homemade bowl of soup. And it was the utter incongruence of just sitting in this, in this tiny, you know, dirt floor space, eating this gorgeous food, rain pouring down, utterly memorable. Nice. I get to, oh, okay, so more of the I, and environment. I th- and I think, I think it cost me about, I don't know, like a dollar or maybe less. So I'm not necessarily looking for the cheapest, but it was the experience. The right meal at the right time. The right meal at the right time, yeah, in nice. the right place. Very nice. All right, Reese. well, um, we've been chatting for a while now, so we should probably let you go back to um, selling your solutions and all that sort of good stuff. So thanks for, uh, thanks for stopping by. Thank you very much yeah. indeed. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. And thanks to you for listening to the Unleashed Academy podcast with me, Dylan. Check us out at unleashedsoftware.com for more inventory tips and don't forget to visit the Unleashed Academy for more short and sweet videos on how to manage your inventory and much more.